congratulations. You found it. The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. Also featuring book nerd, Jessica Butcher. And special guest, Alyssa Mann, the queen of romance. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time. They are three book girls. Don't lick my toes. <laughs> Daisy, Daisy, that's just, it's just the one thing. Everything else is fine. Just that's what she toes. said. Don't lick my toes. Don't lick my toes. It's weird. <laughs> Don't make it weird. <laughs> Maybe the water burger I had to make a pit stop at for dinner. Did you drip meat sauce Did on you your? Yes. I do because the woman who does my hair is in Shawnee, and so I was like, okay, it's five. <laughs> but you don't just have to get to your house. You have to get to Northwest Expressway. <laughs> so you're stopping. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize how big Shawnee was, and now I feel bad that I thought that it was really small, and it's not. <laughs> they have, like, a lot of stuff there. I feel like that happens a lot to Oklahoma towns. Is uh -huh. They sound like they're small town when you hear about them or hear about stuff, like, on the news or whatever. And then you go up there, and you're like... This isn't a one-horse town. To this this is like a three-horse town. <laughs> Hold the puppy up to the microphone. Am I stressing you out, Martha? No. I've got a um, a pre-headache. You know, the one that just kind of sits there and goes, Hello? Uh -huh. Yeah. Hello? It could maybe be a headache. It's because I was singing to you. My singing does that to people. <laughs> Occasionally... I'm one of those people that has to turn the volume down when I'm concentrating, like in the car. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Me too. It makes absolutely no sense. But when I'm driving and I'm trying to concentrate, I have to have no noise. She sounded a little like Snoopy right there. Sorry. We're going to have this little jingle, 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 jingle. She likes to growl at the ground when she is too afraid to jump. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like you darn ground, get higher. Daisy, Daisy, give me your answer true. Do. You say that, it makes me think of, give me a dollop of Daisy. Yep. <laughs> it is, she is a Daisy. She's so cute. Mm -hmm. So we have a puppy on the podcast again. Her name is Daisy, and she is a freaking adorable. She's so cute. Mm -hmm. We'll put a picture of her on. I tried to put a picture of your dog on, Vonnie. I know. She wasn't cooperating that day. Well, you were holding her, and you refused to let me put it on, the picture. Oh, I don't remember. What's wrong, sweetie? Don't be sad. Because two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's the disadvantage of being a rock and roll DJ. Do you know all the words to all the songs? Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> this is seriously. The best day. <laughs> she is seriously just eating your face. I hope you didn't need that makeup for later, Bonnie. <laughs> Apparently. No, it's, I think that makeup came off about ten minutes ago. It's very exfoliating. It's the new regime. <laughs> the new puppy tongue regime. exfoliation. Did you guys see uh uh, the Oklahoma Humane Society, Central Oklahoma Humane Society, put on uh, puppies and Pilates last weekend, oh. but it sold out in like two days. I know. What? I would have totally gone, yeah. and it was sold out by the time it showed up on my Facebook. So they did a Pilates class, but they released a bunch of puppies into the room while you're doing Pilates, so they all just came in. Like, that would have been so cool. Because they also have like, goats and yoga. Mm -hmm. I have done the goats and yoga. I wanted to so great. bad. But I goats and yoga. I'm bad at yoga, and I kind of hate it, but the goats were great oh yeah that one they did like four different classes for it but you had to show up to get in yes you did yeah. <laughs> and it they was like pre eight i went to one it was like eight in the morning <laughs> yep i was like i want this a lot Goats. i wanted to they're do that so really bad. cute they I are cute wake up that early boy do they stink when they pee though Woo, baby they, they were like big baby goats yeah but still have you ever goats. been around a bunch of them when they like yeah oh, at the state fair every year when i go into the petting zoo <laughs> duh <Ooh. laughs> my sister it. used to have baby goats 
And they were they are so hilarious to watch them play the way they jump around. Especially if you've got fainting goats in the in the pack. And oh, then you yes. and then you startle them and they go stiff and fall over. Oh, she's after your toes again. That's the best. Melissa has issues having her toes licked. I don't like it. I think that's fair. Oh, she's eating your sweater. No, baby. Hey. We're fine. I'm sorry. It's fine. I'm sorry, guys. There's just a puppy and I got to watch this thing. Don't ever let me have a child. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine what this podcast would be like with babies in here. We'd never get anything done. Don't give me that face, Vonnie. Why can't we have babies in here? For the puppies. Oh, for the puppies. Puppies make it fun. So See, speaking I told of babies, you. Mother's Day is this weekend. Oh yeah. This is my mother's baby, by the way. So <laughs> you're so you're giving your mother a Mother's Day present early by caring for her, her high child. maintenance fur fur child. Fur baby. She is high maintenance. That's nice of you, Nicole, to take care of your mother's I mean, sometimes you just need a break from your kid. Yeah, it's, that's kind of a weird dynamic, though. Oh, see, now she's laying on the floor. <laughs> she's sad now. So, what's the weirdest town name that you've heard? Did you hear the one today, like Tallahina, Oklahoma? That's weird. Tallahina, I don't even. Where's that? Uh, on the Arkansas Oklahoma border. Ah, that explains it. Sorry, Arkansas, we love you. There's a there's a Bowlegs, Oklahoma. That was Bowlegs is weird. a good one. Yeah, that's kind of like that one. But my We're favorite one. Where did we hear that this weekend? Hookers. Yeah. Hooker. Oh, um, Hooker, our, Oklahoma. Our new IT guy, not Choker. <gasps> Ooh, not Choker right. dude, but the other IT guy is from Hooker. And his name is Sprinkles. His last name his is last Sprinkles. Name is Sprinkles. Ho- Sprinkles from Hooker. Yeah. <gasps> this is a real thing that really happened to us this yeah, week. Yeah, it might just be Sprinkle. I don't know. We call him Sprinkles at work because... I mean, why wouldn't you? We're, <laughs> <laughs> because we're rude and obnoxious. You should know this about me already. <laughs> Actually, seems like he's cool with us calling him that. So from Hooker, from Hooker, he's a really cool dude. I mean, he sits and talks to us, and but he's he lived in there and he just moved to the city and he's selling his house up there. So that's how we were kind of discussing it. So you know, then you know, I cyber stalked his house on my on my phone. Why I pulled up a you? picture of it because that's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> she's a cyber stalker. <laughs> I'm like, what's your last name? Sneak you up. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, the weirdest names. Can you imagine having some kind of a prestigious award? Yes, this is uh, Mr. Sprinkles from, is that correct? Hooker, Oklahoma. (laughs) Hooker, Oklahoma. Is there? Yeah. (laughs) Well, so long as I don't get that mixed up and say, congratulations to the hooker from Sprinkles. <laughs> or the hooker named Sprinkles. <laughs> that kind of fits, though, doesn't it? I actually have a friend um, that I worked with in radio. Her first name was Sherry, but she spelled it C H R I. And her last name was Topping. <laughs> so it was really? like Cherry Topping. Cherry Topping. Cherry Topping. Yes. Yeah. That's actually she that? might actually be listening to the podcast right now. So, hey, Sherry. <laughs> we love your name. We love you. I actually makes think that's think kind of, of like, a, like that's not really bad at all. No. That's kind of like awesome. It's exactly. not awesome when you're in school. If you live through school with any name oh, that yeah. deviates oh, slightly yeah. from the norm, it's not fun. Like my name. Uh, sometimes you just give up and you're like, whatever. I don't Alyssa care. is spelled yeah. very differently. Spelled but with an your last E. Name is e uh, but the E at the beginning makes people drop the A off the end. Uh, so it's just, it's, I've been getting Elise a lot lately. And I'm like, A's <laughs> at the end are literally never silent. Maybe, I don't know where this is coming maybe from. It's just, really frustrating. It's okay. When I went to Mexico, they called me Nichole. Nichole! Nichole! So do you remember Brooke who used to work here? Yeah. She was in Mexico with me. And she, uh, so now anytime she sees me, she's like, hey, Nichole. Because, yeah. That is hilarious. That's my Mexican name now. (laughs) That's nice. I like that. And anytime we're feeling, well, we just had Cinco de Mayo, so. Yeah. (laughs) Nichole. That was last week, Where I used to work at, we had a title clerk who was from, had moved here from Mexico. And she used to call me the uh, Blanca Chica. (laughs) The white chick. (laughs) That's what hey, she called Hey, it's better me. than a white devil. White chick. Um, yeah. I mean, well, maybe she was really calling me white devil. I don't know. <laughs> well, as long remember. as it wasn't puta, you're good. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. Puta. What was that again? That was uh, 
Puta? No. His bitch? No, but what oh. was the other one we had Puntang or something Puntang. Like I don't remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> the French. I don't know what <laughs> that French thing. So we're talking French about French. French word for... Fuck. Yeah, but it's... Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck we were it. trying fuck to look it. for fuck it. What else happened in the world this week? Well, uh, so I spent a lot of time on Twitter. It's kind of my whole life. But so this week <laughs> on romance Twitter, uh, specifically romance indie publishing Twitter, there was kind of a big blow up um, because an author... Can I say her name? Yes, you can because she was. We she, reviewed her true. book on okay. this podcast. I just wanted to check. So a couple weeks ago, when I was a guest on the Shelf Love episode, um, Vani read a book called "The Cocky Quarterback" by mm-hmm. Felina Hopkins. So yeah. over the weekend, come to find out, Miss Hopkins somehow managed to trademark the word "cocky." How that made it through the <laughs> trademark office of the U.S. government. <laughs> Still not super Think clear. Think about that for a second. Yeah. So <laughs> as a result, uh, she trademarked this word, and so she notified Amazon. Number one, Amazon started removing books with the word cocky in the title. But second of all, she was sending out her own cease and desist letters on her own behalf, which is not really something you do. That <laughs> You're supposed to let a lawyer do that, specifically your own lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as it turns out, she'd been planning this for quite a while, um, but the fun part is she seems to have she doesn't recognize that this was a bad thing to do at all and is just kind of gleefully excited that everyone is, is now talking deeply about it. angry with her because she's burned literally all of the bridges now. <laughs> That's Just kind of wow. harsh. Of them. Trademarking a word is harsh, dude. Um, Sorry. If you haven't, That's so harsh. Romance uh, in the independent publishing world is... Um, a little different than in the traditional world. And so you get a lot of stuff that's similar. So a lot of the same like cover models, like the same abs, similar titles, oh, stuff like I, that. Because when is, people so realize something works, Everyone they're like, cool, I'm going to do that. It. She's like, well, I did this, so I'm going to trademark it. It's like, well, it wasn't your original idea. <laughs> people have done this before you. Um, and also, you can't trademark common words. Like that, because that is a common word. It's just a, it is. so. What mm-hmm. you're saying, Alyssa, is based on what she did, we could mm-hmm. trademark the word book. I mean, we could definitely thinking, try. Or girls, or girls, or the number three. Yeah, the I number say three. go for the number three because <laughs> yeah. I think that that's one's going to cause the most damage. It yeah. is. I mean, yeah. think about Sesame Street if we take away the number three. Oh my god, the magic over. <laughs> yeah. So the whole thing in this, it was re- it's really horrible. Um, Romance Writers of America got involved, um, and they convinced Amazon to put the books back up that they took down until they can get this all sorted out. But a gentleman whose first name is eluding you at the moment, Kevin. I'll look it up as I speak, and then okay. I'll let you know what it is. Okay. So he, uh, in his spare time, he's retired. He writes independently published sci-fi novels, and he found out about this. And as it turns out, he retired from being an intellectual property attorney. I've got to read this guy's I books know. just on principle it's like, now. I want to buy everything you have just to support you. So on his own, he filed the petition against the trademark, put it all together, and paid the $800 fee to file the petition Damn. himself. Just because he recognized the wrong that was done, um, it was. Whoa. I mean, it's really great. The whole thing is. I mean, it's horrible that he's great yeah. for doing that. Just we on need behalf to, of the book community. Yeah, we need mm-hmm. to find out what his name is so we can yeah. so we can read. Let me. Oh, we the best that. thing. So there are two. If you want to check it out. The whole drama is on Twitter, um, but so you can check out hashtag Cockygate or my personal favorite, hashtag Byfelina. It's so good. Sounds like Felina got a little cocky herself. Uh, but I think she did. His name is Kevin Nooper. It's K-N-E-U-P-P-E-R. So uh, Kevin is a really great dude and seriously everyone appreciates you way to go that kevin is, yeah, yeah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. gonna find your books kevin gotta check it out because we love i love sci-fi man yeah trademark and a word that's that's a bold move that is a bold move how'd that even get passed i have no I see this makes cracks. no sense at all i know you can trademark like uh like the sports animal can do 
we our name is trademarked, but it's only in regards to like radio. Like right. it's a yeah. categorical. So she trademarked deal. it in relation to specifically romance ebooks and print romance novels. Yeah, that's weird. But yeah, it's not but how good. I mean, but what if somebody uh, certainly somebody had used that word prior to so her publishing many. books. So you can't in retro you can't retrospectively You wouldn't think you'd be able to ban no. someone from using a word but that was used before this woman was even well, born. Yeah, I mean, something that's if already they did, published. Like even if uh-huh. She trademarked hooker. If you're saying like or or whatever, you cocky. know, cocky, cocky. Okay, so if that's the word, but like if you say cocky, because what was that one? Cocky called? quarterback. Yeah. So if you say cocky like cheerleader, that shouldn't be under the same deal, like because you're changing the subject of it. Yeah. If that, right. So I don't know how she did that, but that's it, completely. Yeah. Whoever put that through was not paying attention. Yeah. No. Well, I see why she wanted to do just the word cocky because all of her books, because their last different. name there are like is Cocker. So, and it's all relative. So everyone's last name is Cocker. So most of them start with like the cocky accountant, the cocky quarterback, the cocky, I don't know, yeah. lawyer or whatever, whatever else. Yeah. yeah. So still, <laughs> but yeah, you just but can't you do just that. can't do that. You just can't it's trademark so a, a common word like that. It's not a proper name. So yeah, even proper names would be hard. I'm going to yeah. write a book about John and trademark John, so I nobody else in the whole John. world can use the word John. And a book. Dear John yeah. might have that covered. Dear John, yeah. yeah, or John Doe. No, I'm going after Dear John. <laughs> <laughs> Retrospect. Exactly. Yeah, retroactively. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you can't use that John Adams. What you absolutely can't do is the interesting part. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. you're that's done. Just, you're out. You can't that's use that. Crazy. You can no longer mention the name of John Adams because <laughs> the name has been trademarked and we have to pay $500,000 every time we say mm-hmm. it. Not. It's just like, I mean, big people have failed at this. Like, earlier this year, Disney did a really bad thing and tried to trademark, because of their movie Coco, tried to trademark some Day of the Dead images and, oh. like, materials and stuff. And everyone was like, no. Well, the sugar skull, so, I mean, that's been in use for, for a long time. I mean, that's who drew the sugar skull. You can't yeah. trademark, like, the idea of the sugar skull, but, like, I can co- if I draw a sugar skull, I can copyright my right. own work. That specific image, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so th- that's what I'm saying. Disney yeah. was trying to do, it was, like, images and words, and everyone was like, um, no. So if Disney can't get away with it, you definitely can't get away with it. <laughs> People yeah. try some stupid shit to make a couple bucks. They really do. Yeah. You know, this is true. There is no such thing as bad publicity. Girls. I mean, I think because this is bad. It is bad, <laughs> but think about all the free publicity this woman is getting. That's it's true. ridiculous. That's the thing about negative publicity is, mm-hmm. guess what? It's still publicity. That's true. People are still going to go out and buy her books. Because they're going to say, I wonder if her books What's are any good. About? Let's see if she has any, yeah. you know, rough. Or, you know, revelant. How big is that cock? E. I have Hockey. a picture. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Shh. Oh, sorry. I don't really have a picture. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better show the picture you don't have to those well, guys. They might not want to see my latest dirty picture. Not necessarily. Well, I mean, like, I don't really want to see it. So thank you, Vani. Thank you for the offer. I saw it. We appreciate so them. <laughs> Are you sending Martha dirty pictures now? No. No, I just show them somebody to cheer her up. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I'm old married person. I don't get dick pics in, in my phone. Well, just tell him to send you some. I mean, I'm a young unmarried person and I don't get dick pics in my phone either, but I've definitely made sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> So what are you trying I to mean, say? sometimes you really don't want to see them. Maybe like, no, you really, really, really don't, don't want to see like, those. Sometimes when you internet date, you get a lot of unsolicited ones, and you're like, this has to end now. Yeah. 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 But it is kind of fun, you know, as as an old married person, the whole concept of one taking pictures of one's private parts and and sending them off to complete strangers is is weirdly interesting. I mean, it's like it's because it's so taboo. It's it's just wrong in so many ways. Yeah, I mean, well, for one thing, is that Bonnie and I were talking. I'm 
there was no such thing as a cell phone when I was that age, you know? <laughs> you had to have a Polaroid camera for that kind of thing. Unless you wanted to take a picture and go send it off to get <laughs> yeah, developed. And, yeah, and then when you go pick it up, the guy at the photo mart goes, how you doing? Same. <laughs> So I took a peek at your pictures. I mean, wink, you have to wink. be able to develop your own film mm-hmm. for it to really work out. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. So it's a whole new world is what I'm saying out there. If you take a picture of your private part and you share it, that's really stupid because that picture then is floating around out there. Yeah. And, but like some people can actually like sue that their picture was shared with other people, and there's literally people who have gone yeah. to jail for it. So, I don't. If it I was a revenge be, thing, yeah. Well, I yeah, think there's well, other issues because it's sharing. It's like, uh, like pornography without consent type deal. I don't know but what the you, actual if legal, you, legality if, of it is. Or seriously, if you do that on purpose, if you send a picture of your member to a perfect stranger. On your phone, I don't see how you could possibly be outraged that somebody did something with it later. Come on now. (laughs) Yeah. Because I've already talked before on the podcast about how I have to specify to people that I talk to on dating sites to send me a picture of your face and only your face. (laughs) So sad. I just don't understand why men assume that you want a picture of their penis like i mean genuinely i'm like that's not the first picture i'm asking you for they're proud. why do you think that's what i want it first i mean they're I try so to be, proud of it you know I, I try to be nice about it. i'm like right well that's really nice but i can't use it on your profile will you please send me a picture of your face <laughs> I, I can't have I, a, a see, picture I just of your nope right on out of there. I'm like, and you're blocked. Penis pop up <laughs> when you call me <laughs> would be weird. Oh. <laughs> That's not good. Oh. <laughs> see what you did there? I'm sure there are some people in this world that dig that funny. Well, there probably is, but usually those people, if I if I end up getting dick pics from people, they're usually people I never meet in person. Yeah. <laughs> because well, then they're like, you want to meet at the gas station parking lot? I'm like, no. no. <laughs> Do you want to cover to my house the first time I meet you? No. No. <laughs> Guys, pay attention. Don't want to get murdered by you in your house. <laughs> or shagged by a perfect stranger in their house. Well, I'm I mean, not going to go to somebody's house yeah. that I've never met before. How do I know he's not waiting on the other side of the door? To with murder a freaking, you. I know. Yeah, with That's happened, guys. I know. <laughs> I watch way too many crime shows. I read yes. a lot of true crime, watch a lot of true crime. I'm currently working on a, the Cold Justice series so on Netflix, good. by the way. It's Is fabulous. it good? Yeah. It's Ooh, two I gotta very watch that. badass ladies yeah, and they solving go solve, cold cases. Yes. They, and they're from Texas, and they, they're like kind of kick-ass. But it's funny because they've got that Texas sweet charm. But then well, they go bless in, your heart. And they're kind of just like, you know, boss bitches. I like mm. boss bitches. Mm-hmm. I think they're the best <laughs> bitches. I'm watching series from Denmark right now in subtitles. So a series Ooh. of unfortunate events. Series two is out, and I love that. So I'm good. almost done. Because that's my my two favorite books from that series are in se- like the second season. So yeah. it was really good. I can never remember the name of the the ones I watch because I watch all of those weird, you know, from from Denmark and Sweden and Finland and. Iceland and all these other places. I don't know why I like those so much. I mean, I try and just watch every British procedural they put on the internet. And I oh, love yeah. the British every ones, of course. Every single one. There are some really freaking amazing ones. There I tell are. you what, those Brits know how to make crime series. And they will go They're way so darker than good. Americans will. I, I know, one on Amazon. Deeper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and like, okay, because you, you know you go watch Forensic Files and it's yeah. all like... Yes. Like it's so short and like yeah, uh, but I Crap. found this one on Amazon and it's kind of like that, but it goes into like not just like the forensics of everything, but it'll talk about the psychology of why they murdered this person and the psychology of like just yeah. all this Ooh. amazing stuff, and you're just like holy shit, it's so much better. Everything in Britain is so much better, except the teeth. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Who wants to dive into the book pool first, ladies? 
Who's well, ready? Well, my book is about a scandal, a very different kind of scandal than the Ooh, horse Oh, I've got a scandal tonight, too. Do you? I do. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can, you can go with your scandal first. <laughs> I read a book based on a true life scandal, like I said, about the director of a Memphis-based adoption organization, and her name was Georgia Tan. And basically what she was doing, she was kidnapping kids from poor families and selling them to rich families, or quote-unquote, making them, putting them up for adoption and rich families were paying these huge, huge fees, and she was pocketing, like, between 75% and 90% of the money. And this is nonfiction? Well, it's it's a fiction book, but it's based on true events. So, a fictionalized account. Right. Okay. What's it called again? It's called Before We Were Yours by Lisa Wingate, and like I said, it's about... A poor family whose children are kidnapped and sent to a Tennessee child's home, like an orphanage, and then adopted from them, and it's about their story. And, it, of course, it's a fictional family, obviously. But, I mean, this the Georgia Tan, she was just a horrible person. I mean, the living conditions were horrible. They weren't feeding them properly. There was, you know, talk of abuse alleged abuse and it's thought that about 500 children in her care died that's a lot most of them they don't know what happened to the bodies oh yeah oh that's creepy Mm -hmm. and they have one one grave i'm pretty sure it's in memphis that has 19 unidentified children who had died in the home that's buried in one mass plot that they put a memorial up for, like way in the future. She um, she was the director from about 1920 to 1940 something. So that yeah. so a lot of time that's that's during the great. It's right before, right before, the, before the, great the Great Depression. Do you remember mm-hmm. the orphan train? It's yeah. at the exact same time period. Mm-hmm. As okay, so there train. were a lot of kids that were needing a place to be because their parents couldn't afford to care for them. Well, it, some of the kids that she that came into the home, that was their story, is that, you know, that like these families were really poor and something would happen and they were in bad health and Georgia Tan would very nicely offer to take care of their children if they would just sign right here on the dotted line. Uh, and then the children would be adopted out to someone else. Right. And when the parents went back to get the children after they were better or in better situations, the kids had already been adopted out to other families. And some of them were abandoned families, but some of them was uh, Georgia Tan would go into hospitals. She would find these poor people through clinics. And she also had some judges kind of under her wing that would sign the papers for her. And she would take their babies as soon as they were born and tell the mothers that they were stillborn <gasps> and have them sign the paper to release the body. But actually what they were doing is signing the papers over to make them wards of the state. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. She had some corrupt politicians and some family judges that were helping her. I don't know if she paid them off or... Obviously, there isn't a lot of paperwork saying exactly how she did what she did. Wow. I haven't read the book, obviously, but uh, I read... I've heard about that on a website called... Uh, weird history or something like that and they mm-hmm. post all these really disturbing mm-hmm. it'll be like about serial killers or but I saw that one and read it and was like Ugh. it is I can't imagine it's horrible. doing that because especially like with the family that this book is actually about I mean the mom and the dad were loving parents and the kids were well cared for they were poor yes and they lived on a shanty on the Mississippi River but they were well cared for they weren't unhappy they weren't abused they weren't neglected. Yes, they had. There was five of them, and the what happened is the mother went to the hospital because she was in labor, and it was twins, and she was having a hard time, so she had to go to the hospital to deliver them. And while the mother was in the hospital, the police showed up and 
took all of the kids and sent them to the um, home, and they told the kids that their parents died. And Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it Way was to bring just, the room down, Dwan. I know, Jeez. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. But this story is told in, like, like two, like, back and forth from 19, I want to say... 29 or something when 1939 sorry when this happened and the modern day and the modern day lady named avery is actually the like great granddaughter of one of the kids that were went through this home and she's in a rich family part of a political family and she starts to uncover all of this stuff because she meets a lady at a nursing home on one of because she's celebrating you know our big birthday or whatever and they make a big deal of it and she sees another lady and the lady thinks that she's somebody else oh whoa and then when she you know she talks to this old lady and everything and she goes back and she tells her grandmother who is suffering from dementia and the grandmother like starts talking to her granddaughter like she's somebody else that she's never heard of. So she starts investigating and trying to find out what this what's going on, what if there's some kind of big secret in the family or what. And that's when she discovers the past and so on and so forth. That part of the book was very interesting. I would not give this book a extremely high score though because about halfway through the book they just threw some romance in there that didn't really go because like the grandson of one of the people that was investigating some of the children who were trying to find their siblings the grandson who owns a real estate agency meets the main character and like there's this teenage infatuation between them like after just like one day and it was just like Oh, my God. And, you know, Chick's engaged to somebody else at the time. And it's just that part was not my favorite part of the book. The investigation and the stuff that happened in 1939 was extremely interesting. The romance part of it could have been completely cut out of it. I mean, I just heard I rolled and I'm the yes, queen of she romance. Did. Yes. I was going to say, I, just, I, saw, I should have taken a photo of that hard right there. Eye rolls. Yeah. It Clear just, back in your head. It doesn't, you you can't just put it in there. Yeah. That's what and she it's, said also, but. <laughs> you can't just. I love romance, but I don't love like pointless romance. Like, why have you done this? Right. Because then there wasn't any question between the, uh, the main character and the modern day Avery and her fiance about there being anything wrong in their relationship until she meets this other guy. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of like, well, do I really love him or is it just the next step? Are we just doing what people expect? And it's like, why didn't you ask yourself like this before you got engaged? That's a good question. Uh, And you're supposed to be smart and a lawyer. Seriously? Really? Oh, honey, there's a lot of stupid people in the world. You know that. I don't know. It just that part really turned me off. And because of that, I wouldn't give it a really huge grade and I wouldn't recommend it to specific people. I would still recommend it probably to Nicole because of the whole orphan situation. And you read The Orphan Train. Yeah, it sounds you, fascinating. Right. Well, so that part of it sounds good. I want to research Georgia Tan because I've totally, never heard of this before today. I totally researched her after. She. That's I got what done. she did the entire time we were at the library three hours on wednesday night she sat and talked about georgia tan the whole time <laughs> and we read were articles there. i mean i get Stuff it up. it's kind of like you know i was listening to it and when they would go back to modern day i would only, only half listen to it and like when i was talking to other people i'd half listen to it and then as soon as it went back to 1939 i'd be like okay everybody shut up <laughs> I gotta listen to this. <laughs> Time to pay attention. <laughs> but again, that was Before We Were Yours by Lisa Wingate. Okay, do you want to ease into the romance first? Because I can ease into that. All right, ease in, ease in. Martha's rolling her eyes. 
I know she is. <laughs> well, you know, I have to I have to be open minded, ladies. I can't talk about being um, inclusive and non judgmental if you're judging. in other situations if I constantly judge. Yeah, Martha. Yeah. So yeah. I'm open. Finally she this understands. Is, this is why <laughs> would have been preaching like oh, the entire last hundred this is, this is why <laughs> we now have a romance <laughs> correspondent. Well anyways, everybody has their own guilty pleasure and I have to admit one of mine is rom coms. Yes. Who doesn't? Who cannot watch Notting Hill? Like on repeat because uh, I can, I or love Bridget Hill. Jones' Diary, which I'm pretty sure I reviewed on this podcast. PQ Grant, anything that's that. PQ Grant, pretty much. Love Actually, one of love the greatest. Actually. Okay, yeah. I'm with you on that Lo- one. I can watch that forever. In the entire world, even the Tin Man loves Love Actually. And one day I was on Amazon flipping through the movies, really bored. I almost never watch <coughs> movies, by the way. Sorry. But I saw Me Before You, and one I didn't know it was a book, so two I watched it before I read the book and it was great wonderful rom-com so then I decided to go get the book but then I also found out there's three of them but the first one is called Me Before You and it's by Jojo Moyes and essentially it's about um, this girl and her name's Louisa Clark and in the first novel she's pretty young she's under she's less than 30 Um, but essentially she's this clumsy girl who doesn't know anything about her life and She doesn't know what she wants to do. She's working in a tea shop. The tea shop closes and she has to help support her, like her parents and her grandfather and her sister. Um, So she has to find a job. And so this takes place in England um, and she goes to the job center and they pretty much tell her she needs to be a prostitute or something else because like she keeps going to these jobs and failing the interviews. And finally... Like, her last hope, she finds a job, uh, she finds out what she would be doing is taking care of somebody who's a quadriplegic, and so she goes and does the interview and somehow gets the inter- or gets the job, um, even though her skirt rips during the interview and, like, all these weird things happen, which is super corny and very typical of a rom-com, but, uh, so she ends up taking care of this guy. Um, he's also very young and handsome, but he's a quadriplegic. And that pretty much means that um, his spinal cord has been injured, so he can't use very like his legs or very much... Like, he doesn't have very many uses for his arms. And so he's in a wheelchair, but his brain's fine. Um, she starts taking care of this guy, and he's a complete dick to her. Like, he, he hates her. He tries to make her life as difficult as possible. And she doesn't have to, like, wipe his butt or anything. But she just, like, if he needs somebody to turn the TV on for him, like, she does stuff like that. And um, she kind of cleans his little house. And his parents are very wealthy. But over time, she kind of starts really liking this guy. Um, But she also finds out that part of the reason why she was hired is because in six months this guy wants to go to Dignitas, which is a place in Switzerland that people go to. Um, It's not very well known here in America, but they go there and essentially put themselves to sleep. Yeah, it's assisted suicide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, I've heard of it. And so her, she finds this out and she kind of makes it her goal to get him not to do that. Mm -hmm. And this book is kind of amazing. I was reading about it though, and a lot of people who are like advocate against this book because it does make their argument is that uh, the author is saying that the only like people who are in the position of being a quadriplegic have no reason to live. But that's not true. If you actually read this book, like they argue it both ways. Like her mm-hmm. entire purpose is trying to show him how to live and still enjoy your life and she finds like she finds places where you can do that she finds a place in california um where people who are paralyzed can go and like they can go bungee jumping and all of this stuff so it's kind of fascinating cool and it is definitely like the epitome of a a Mm rom-com and the uh book continues um there's another one the second one is called After You, and then the third one called Still Me, and I, 
read these out of order, by the way, on accident. Um, and Still Me is actually like really good, even if you read it as a standalone. And oh. a completely different storyline focuses on the main character um, mm-hmm. of the first one. But they're all really good. So. Hmm. so, So it's Alyssa's turn to mesmerize us with the world of romance. Yes. So today I have kind of an older school romance. It was written in the 80s. So the book I'm reviewing today is called A Countess Below Stairs, and it's by Eva Ibiston. Now, if, based on this review, you like this book, there's two different sections you have to look under, because it was originally published as a romance novel for adults, but then the publishing company, for some reason, in the mid-2000s, repackaged it for teenagers. What? It's really weird. And there's like, because I looked it up, I was like, I feel like this is a book about adults. Why is this happening? And so, come to find out, like, they just kind of decided, we're going to repackage this for teenagers and see what happens. It sold pretty well. But, like, even there, I looked and there was, like, an interview with the author, and she was like, I don't know why they did that, but, I mean, whatever. Hey, that's okay. I sold more books, so it doesn't yeah, matter. Right? So, depending on the copy you get, it's either for teenagers or adults. Um, <laughs> but, so, this book takes place just after World War just before World War One, and so what's happened? Wait, after World War One, I. I don't remember. Anyway, it's not about World War One. So um, it takes place in England, and the Russian royal family, so the Romanovs, have been overthrown and murdered, and so pretty much everyone who's royalty in Russia has fled, and so they kind of flee across Europe, but so there was a very large group of them that actually fled to England, Um, and so our main character, Anna Grzynski, she and her family have fled to England after her father was killed in battle. And so she and her mother and her younger brother and then her old nursemaid, who is English, have moved to England into some small town. And so what they've done is um, Anna is looking for a job. She doesn't necessarily have to work. They have a little bit of money. um, But unfortunately, their other nursemaid that helped raise them when she and her younger brother were growing up, she's disappeared with all of the family's jewels, which they were going to sell and use that money to live off of when they got to England. And so Anna decides, she's like, I have to get a job. And so she gets a job as a maid at Mersham, which is the home of an earl. And so he um, was injured in battle and he's coming home very, very soon. And so she's hired as temporary staff to help prepare the house for his return and eventually for his wedding to Muriel. Now, based on her name alone, you should know that Muriel is the villain of this story. (laughs) Because I don't think I've ever read a story in which Muriel is, in fact, not the villain. And so Muriel is engaged to Rupert, who is the Earl of Mersham. And so he brings her home with him because they're going to be married in the summer. And so it starts out, Muriel seems really nice. She's beautiful and she's blonde and English and knows all the right things to do. And she's an orphan. And so um, her family left her all this money, um, which is lucky because the Mersham estate has fallen into deep disrepair and has a lot of debt. Mm-hmm. And so not only does Rupert, you know, really like Muriel, maybe he doesn't love her, but this is a long time ago back when Maybe that wasn't as important to people. They didn't marry for love. Right. But so they like each other, um, but she's got money that can save the estate, and she wants to marry into a good family. So it's kind of a win-win situation. Um, But so very soon you learn, um, and this is how I got into this story. She's really into eugenics, which is bad. So I read this. This is another story where I was like... I was listening to something about Charles Lindbergh, the dude who flew across the Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it turns out he was horrible. He was also super into eugenics and maybe a Nazi sympathizer. What's so eugenics? I was like, so eugenics is 
kind of like the Racism. basis of the Nazi party. And so they had mm. the idea that people, I, the ideal human, which was a person who was white and had blonde hair, basically. Blonde hair, blue eyes. Blonde yeah. hair, blue eyes would marry each other and create the ideal offspring. And so as eugenics kind of formed, that became like, well, we should eliminate anyone who's disabled or, um, as the Nazis put it, is Jewish yeah. or a gypsy or mm-hmm. gay or just not white and blonde not exactly and blue eyed. Yeah, so eugenics yeah. is really bad. When I first read this story, I did not understand what eugenics fully was. So reading it now, I was like, this is a lot darker. <laughs> And I remembered this story being. So Muriel is very into eugenics, but this is back in a time when people didn't know that it was evil, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's kind of a sense of, oh, that doesn't seem quite right. But World War II had yet to happen. And so right. um, they're just mm-hmm. kind of like, uh, well, okay, I guess. Yeah. Um, so as soon as Rupert and Muriel arrive home, um, they meet Anna, and Anna is beautiful. She's probably like 18 or 19. She's an adult, but she's not very old. Mm-hmm. Um, but so when she was in Russia, she learned how to do ballet, and so one of the things that really takes people off guard. And so this is a time when, you know, servants had to curtsy to their masters, but so instead of just like bobbing a little curtsy, because this is the 1900s, so. Right, right. But she does these huge sweeping curtsies where she just kind of sinks to the ground because she used to be a ballerina. Um, that was something that she loved to do when she was a child, and so um, Rupert is very arrested by this. And so if you haven't guessed by right now, <laughs> no. Martha is rolling her eyes. So this is when the romance starts. <laughs> um, so what's really great about this story. So it goes on. Muriel becomes increasingly evil. Um, you know, she turns into kind of your classic bridezilla. But more than that, she's a truly heinous person. Um, there's a prominent Jewish family in the community that, you know, everybody loves. She disinvites them from the wedding and she wants Ooh. nothing to do with them because she's racist. Um, she they're supposed to be this little girl from Tom's best friend's younger sister. Her name is Ollie and she's this adorable little girl and she's like six years old. Well, she had they called it tuberculosis of the hip. That doesn't sound like a thing. So whatever it is in modern day, I wonder if it was polio or something. But so ultimately what happened is one of her legs did not grow as long as the other. That sounds like polio. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but she calls this little girl to her face, a disfigured cripple. Muriel is evil. Um, (laughs) So as this goes on, um, but the romance between Rupert and Anna, it's really sweet. This story, it's not like what we read during the shelf love episode. (laughs) Um, It's very, it reminds me very much of kind of like an early period piece kind of like the uh, the A&E version of Pride and Prejudice with Colin Firth. Everything is very, like, straight-laced and restrained, and you can, like, feel that it's there, and there's this tension, but, like... Subtlety. It's very subtle. It's very it's, subtle. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really well done. Um, and so you just... It, there's just kind of, like, this ache across the book, and you're, like, they... Like, they're drawn to each other, but, like, they... They can only touch elbows. <laughs> They can only touch elbows. Um, but so, well, Rupert, you know, he made a promise to Muriel and, Muriel, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to break his engagement because this is back when that was still a very, very big deal and, you know, looked down upon. Um, and, you know, he made a promise to her and he doesn't want to, in their words, jilt her. Um, Even if she does deserve it. She absolutely deserves it because she's heinous. Uh, but so, I mean, we're not supposed to give away the end, but this is a romance novel, so. <laughs> don't give away the end, uh, Alyssa. Don't, 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 don't. Draw your own conclusions. Yep. But what you think is happening is going to happen. <laughs> There's not much mystery. <laughs> but Maybe. It is, it's such a great story. It's so, it's, it's impeccably written. And like I said, it's a lot more subtle than say 98% of the romance novels 
I usually read and it's kind of a treat like it's very refreshing and I really got out of it it's very and I want to learn more about I turned into Vani this week and I was like I'm going to learn all about the Russians <laughs> that emigrated to England because mm-hmm. the Romanovs were overthrown and the Bolsheviks were trying to murder them mm-hmm. and so I did and it was really interesting because there were a ton of them and what they did they just got normal jobs I mean like so in this story like she has because she has other family members who have also come to England so like one of her cousins is a chauffeur one of her uncles is a doorman at like a fancy hotel so like all they all came over but they were just like well okay let's do this and I mean they really did like they got jobs and you know they just kind of became a part of a new society but as common people instead of royals it's really interesting just like the hardiness of the people who came over to England I mean it was really impressive they were like we've done this yeah we're just we're gonna gotta do it this really sucks and we're gonna live through it um but it was a really great story and i recommend it to anyone who is interested in history and getting kind of it's definitely not a part that you read about very often right because when you read about the overthrow of the russian government mostly you just read about the romanovs and you're like i mean that's a horrible story by itself but you like most books don't cover what happened to literally everyone else who was yeah. considered royalty in Russia. Um, so it was really interesting and it was just so sweet and cute. Ooh. And it was really great. So I highly recommend it. It was uh, Countess Below Stairs by Eva Ibiston. It sounds good. Yeah, it's really interesting because, I mean, you feel sympathy because people were being chased and murdered. Um, but then mm-hmm. also how horrible it must have been for the peasants for it to get to that point. Right. Is also horrible. And so both, both. it's in a very interesting, like, gray area, which is the most interesting parts of history, right. I think, happen mm-hmm. in the gray area. So. All right, guys. Shall we move? Mm-hmm. Sure. All right. Will you repeat your title and artist? Though? Yes. Uh, A Countess Below Stairs by Eva Ibiston. Awesome. Okay, so I actually read this a while ago, but kind of had been holding on to it because it's very relevant at the moment for news. And it was almost a little too fresh when I read it. Too fresh because I knew that we would end up talking about it the entire time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because what it does is it is... Well, first of all, it's called Anatomy of a Scandal by Sarah Vaughn. And the reason that I didn't bring it up is because the Me Too movement is so in the news right now. Or it was definitely back then. It was right when it was really... And the guy who's the main character in this book works for the British government. And basically, he has a secretary who he has an affair with, a consensual affair. And then he decides that this is just becoming too uncomfortable or whatever and so he decides to break it off well he breaks it off but then he's kind of flirting with her again and they're getting ready to go down to the to the parliament area he's flirting with her and she's kind of flirting a little back and they're getting in the elevator and they start kissing and everything and she's like not here not here not here not here and then she starts to tell him no but he rapes her anyway and at the time, I, I think it, I remember reading, it was going on in her head. She's thinking, you know, this is, this can't be happening because they were broken up and she knew they weren't going to get back together because he's got a wife and kid. And basically she tells somebody about it. She tells a friend that she just feels very used after that and that that wasn't what she was intending to happen and that she didn't, she wasn't okay with it, and she knew that he was just horny and, you know, having one off with her. So she decides to take it to court. Well, you know what's going to happen in that situation. You know who's going who's gonna to win, basically, in a situation where he's a very powerful guy, and they did have a consensual affair. Mm-hmm. So you've got all of that stuff going on, and... The story basically follows 
three women. It follows Olivia, who is the person who is the victim, and then the wife of the dude, and then the lawyer, the main lawyer who's prosecuting the case. Well, it's really interesting because you get the points of view of all three women about this guy. Powerful men in government having affairs and the women who blow the whistle and the women who don't blow the whistle is really what this book is all about. The woman who's the judge has a very raw reaction because she was raped in college and she knows she probably shouldn't be prosecuting the case, but she does anyway. So then you've got uh, that extra little thing going on. So it's really super tense book. Oh my gosh, it was so tense. And I read it so fast. Um, because you just wonder, is, is this guy going to get away with it? And it is written from a woman's point of view. So, I mean, full disclosure on that. Mm. This guy is not going to be looked at very well in that situation. And I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I mean, if a woman says no, even if they've had a con- consensual relationship in the past, then he should have respected her well, her wishes. Even uh, if yeah. like you're in a relationship at that exact second with the person that you're... But if you yeah. say no, that means no. No means no. Yeah. But think about how hard it was for her, this woman who's basically just a secretary... And she's going up against this hugely powerful man who has Uh all these hugely powerful friends, and they're basically going to crucify her. You know, it's it's horrible to watch. And the wife of the guy, it's Uh horrible to watch through her eyes as well, because she's got a whole other set of things going on. Uh, Yeah. So it was just so fascinating. It was a really good, tense, chewy, chewy novel and very relevant mm-hmm. to the time. Um, definitely something that I would recommend reading. It will infuriate you. It sounds like it. Yes. It, it'll yeah. just make you so angry. If I'm ready for some rage or I need to like refuel yeah. it, I try and keep my rage at a middle bar it, at all times in general. Just... It's a good, horrible things yeah. are happening all yeah. the time. It's a good thing it was but well so written. So if it needs yeah. to get back up there. Yeah. It's a good thing it was well written because if it hadn't mm-hmm. been well written, I never would have finished it mm-hmm. because I was mm-hmm. so angry the whole mm-hmm. time I was reading it. And as I was reading it, all this stuff is going on in the oh. news and mm-hmm. all these people, all these women are coming out of the shadows and holding up their hand and saying, yeah, that happened to me. Mm-hmm. And people are going, well, why did you wait 20 years? Uh, you know, all of these, it, it's just so frustrating to see a woman who didn't wait 20 years. She came out after it happened and she said, this was not right. And she, you know, goes out and takes the guy to court and yeah. It reminds me of, do you remember the Brock Turner case from like a year yes, or two ago? The guy who wa- raped the girl behind a dumpster uh-huh. when and she was drunk. All of the evidence and the dudes who found her. And he got six months Community, in jail. Yeah, just basically and a slap on the hand. And they let him out early. Yeah. Because he had his whole life ahead of him. He was a swimmer. Yeah. What's going to happen to his swimming career? Yeah. It was excellent. I don't know whether I would have reacted to it the same way if all this stuff hadn't been going on. But I, I'm sure I would have. But it's not my usual subject at all. Thank you, Daisy. I agree. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. It's terrible. It's called Anatomy of a Scandal by Sarah Vaughn. Read it. It was excellent. And I'm not trying to be over-hypey about it. I I think it's just really a really good book. We had super serious books. All of us had super serious books this time. I mean, mine was the lightest. I mean, it was a romance. It was the lightest, and it was before World War I. It was before (laughs) World War I. Um... Daisy was the brightest yeah, spot in this whole freaking room dark. tonight. Wait, if you do need a Daisy? Uh, Daisy? a good fun book to read, I finished Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Wasn't that awesome? It was amazing. See? It was so cute. And I read it in like two seconds. Yeah. And a great Mother's Day read, too. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry for my puppy distraction, guys, for everybody that's listening. She's so cute. We'll put a picture on Facebook so you can see Daisy's cute uh-huh. little face. She's so cute. Yes, she is, Daisy. She's looking at me right now. She's adorable. I bought in support of the authors who were affected by Felina Hopkins. Oh. I bought a bunch of books with the title, with the word cocky in the title. <laughs> you go, girl. Um, you are such a rebel. I, so she's going to have her I mean, a cocky vest. It, it made me so mad that someone was doing that and You're like doing. attacking people in their own community. And so I bought a bunch. Uh, I have started, it's now called Sexy Nerd because the author <laughs> retitled it, Christ. which is really sad. Um, it was originally called Cocky Nerd, and now it's Sexy Nerd, which is a real bummer because that meant that her bullying tactics worked, which is frustrating. <laughs> but support, just go out there. All of them are like two ninety nine, a dollar ninety nine. Just buy like three. <laughs> It'll cost you five dollars, and you've supported people who are being attacked by a horrible human being. Yes, and then you can say, "I read all about cock this weekend." Exactly, and. We want to thank everybody for listening, but you should also follow us on Facebook. It's a much more positive platform for us. I swear we don't post depressing things. Uh, we like to post cutesy book, book and related that way things. You get to see the pictures. And you can Sorry, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Just look for Three Book Girls. On that note, and as Bonnie gets her face eaten by a puppy <laughs> named Daisy, who's so cute. That's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.